The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, everybody, before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, if you love the strategy of season-long fantasy sports and live for the short-term gratifications of DFS, then you have to try out weekly fantasy sports WFS on Owner's Box. Head on over to rotoballer.com backslash box and sign up today. Weekly Fantasy Sports is the best of daily and season long. It keeps you engaged through live drafting and new multi-week games. Owner's Box will also be paying out users who bring their friends on board. Watch the real money rewards pile up through their first ever three-tiered referral system. Add friends, create groups, and rank up to uh, up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. But that's not it. Owner's Box will be matching your first time deposit of up to $500 for any depositors through January 4th. Just head on over to www.rotoballer.com backslash box and sign up today to claim your $500 bonus and join the new wave of weekly fantasy sports. Now, to this episode of Benched with Bubba. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench Bubba, episode 339. Going to get uh, joined by a returning guest, a special guest to the show. You can find his draft kit all over the place right now, one of the best price points I've ever seen for a draft kit. You can find him on Twitter, at SP Streamer. He is the one, the only, Michael Simeone. How are we doing, my friend? Good. I think this is the third time I've been on your podcast. <laughs> yep, you are You are becoming one of the more frequent members, and Love I really it. enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so how you doing? Talk about your uh, your good old draft guy going out there. Yeah, so um, we released our draft kit. You can find it in the shop on our website, spstreamer.com. Um, it came out to be 160 pages, over 124,000 words. <laughs> um, you get the rankings of every position, prospect rankings. We have a strategy section by Dave McDonald, which is like 50 pages. Um, I did a section on a breakdown pitching, hitting, uh, about streaming pitchers, obviously did a little like sleeper section. Um, and that was really it. I mean, we have some like underlying metrics under there in there too. So, um, it's good. It's uh four dollars and 50 cents. Yeah. It's, it's really, really affordable. <laughs> I, I, you say, I say cheap, but that, that makes it sound bad because it's not a cheap product, but it's, it's cheap when it comes to the price point. Like it's, it's hard not to buy this people. So I jump on that and, you know, maybe we'll do a giveaway when this is all said and done. So let's yeah, uh, let's go. have some let's have some fun with that. <laughs> and um, I didn't put it on the outline, but I, I remember the last time you were on the show, you're you're working on your streaming metric, and it turned out to be pretty darn good, all things considered, in a shortened season last year. Um, yeah. Do you, are you you've been busy with the draft kit, obviously, but do you foresee yourself tweaking that as all and more going into this season? Um. So the issue was like because last season was so short, so there wasn't a lot more data I could like add to it. You know what I mean? It was just two months. Um, so I did try 
other metrics because um, this was actually the first year where I legitimately tracked every single streamer and what they did. Um, so I just feel like it's not a big enough sample size. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I haven't really played with it too much, um, but I'm going to do that this entire upcoming season. I feel like after this next season, I could play with it a lot more. So not Sweet. too much. Um, I mean, I did discover, I mean, kind of discover, and I talked with Max Freeze about it a little bit too, that uh, um, Woba for home and away for teams isn't really relevant. No. So I don't really, I'm not really like, like, yeah, I mean, Colorado, yeah, they'll sway you yeah. a little bit and stuff, but like pretty much it's not where it's going to make such a big difference with these kinds of pitchers. You know what I mean? Well, that that's the biggest factor right there. These kinds of pictures. Yeah. Cause the guys you're streaming, they're not like the guys you're super you know, concerned about throwing out there every day. So you're the matchup situations and everything, maybe not focused as much like you're saying on a Woba or some other certain categories. So that makes yeah. a lot of sense for sure. Uh, but it'd be fun to keep track of that. Cause that was a, it's an awesome uh, formula you put in there and it was doing pretty darn good. Like I said, all things considered because you're, you're doing it, but these guys are going like four innings or some other silly thing where it's just making it kind of complicated to make the whole thing work. But yeah, that was 2020 in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's get to some recent news. I only put the starting pitcher news on here to keep it kind of relevant. And um, I just want to get your opinion on some of these guys. You know, the Phillies, they've signed Chase Anderson. They've signed Matt Moore. They have just a a slew of starting pitching options, which is, I guess, good for the Phillies. That's always been their bugaboo, their bullpen, and the just pitching in general has been – it gets depleted quickly, and they're, they're throwing Vince Velasquez, who I like a lot, but let's be real, that can get ugly at times. So right now, Nola, Wheeler, Eflin, those three are, are locked in. But then you got Vinny V, who should be locked in too, and there's a fifth spot. So what do you see with Matt Moore, Chase Anderson? Do you see any fantasy relevance between the two? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, so Moore's coming from overseas, and um, I know he pitched pretty well over there, and he was always like a top prospect that didn't really pan out too much. Um, but he has that really good elite changeup. You know, he's always kind of had it. And then on the other side, you have Chase Anderson, who's just kind of meh. <laughs> um, you know, not a lot of strikeouts. He hasn't really ever been amazing. Um, I, I think – I don't know who's going to, who it's going to end up being. If I were to guess, I'd say more, but I feel like they might be coming in and out a little bit. Um, and they're probably going to end up utilizing both of them. I I mean, I do know that this obviously kills Howard. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like they added these guys because they felt like bringing up Howard didn't work out last season and maybe it was too soon. You know, maybe they want to develop him a little more and they kind of added these, you know, these veterans to just eat innings, um, and then, you know, just in case Howard doesn't really improve and they don't bring him up or, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'll come up eventually, but it might be later than we all think. So, um, between the two, I mean, if I had to take anyone, it'd be more just because I really like that changeup. No, I'm with you more as a guy that, you know, was, wasn't too long ago where he was actually fantasy viable. So that that's, yeah. uh, at least as like a streamer or a, a spot starter here and there that you still rostered. So I think he's an, an interesting option for sure. Uh, and it's a good point you make on Howard. And I haven't heard that discussed a lot. But it makes too much sense that it could be one of those, like they start him in the minors, get some work in, bring him up midseason and let him roll for a hundred innings or something. Because given the short year last year, obviously he's not stretched out to where they'd want him. So it, it definitely, definitely possible. And, and Matt Moore is going like way after pick 600 right now. So yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely a guy to monitor, probably not drafted in redraft leagues, but uh, someone to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, a guy that maybe gets drafted in redraft leagues, definitely gets drafted in, drafting holds and best balls, is Chris Archer, who's returning to Tampa Bay. Um, I actually have a few Chris Archer shares already because I just said super late. He's going to get signed somewhere. Didn't think it'd be Tampa Bay, but it works for me. And then he comes out and says no more two-seamers this year in his first press conference, which made me very happy to see. Now, a guy like yourself that knows more about that than I do, what's your thoughts on Chris Archer back in Tampa? Yeah, um, that's huge. That sinker is absolutely brutal. Um, <laughs> so I, I liked seeing that too. Uh, I liked him coming into 2020 because he had a little bit of a pitch mix change there in 2019 um, where he started going to the four seam a little more. And um, I was hopeful, but then obviously, you know, um, he didn't play. And, you know, I I purposely took out this little um, – quote from Rotoballer, and I mean, it's a little worrisome. It says, the hope is that he might be fully recovered by next spring, but this is the type of surgery that often comes with lingering issues and sometimes significant setbacks. So obviously there's a a big, 
injury risk there. Um, but kind of like we're saying, he's going late. So he makes sense in like drafting holds for me. Or like if you're in, you know, a 15 team or even a 12 team, you want to take a shot at him and being your like last pick on the, be- you know, on the bench who you could just drop quickly anyway. That's more than fine with me. Um, but I wouldn't take him expecting too much. Um, just because while the Rays are pretty good at what they do, um, I think the injury risk kind of holds them back a little bit. No, it makes a lot of sense. It's not the best uh, situation in- injury-wise to come off of. And and I guess there's two ways to look at it. Yes, like you said, take them late. Drafting holds is really good. I guess this is one of the guys being on the Rays and the way they baby their pitchers could be a good thing. Like we might get the yeah, good innings out true. of them. We might get the good innings out of them, which – I guess stinks if you're looking for innings eaters because he's not going to be one for sure. But mm. you might get four inning starts, five inning starts that are productive. So I wonder the, if they use an opener for him. Definitely could. That's another that's yeah. another option with the Rays. So that, that's a way that he could be interesting. Like he could be, you know, we could be looking at a, a Yanni Trinos from like two years ago or something with Chris right. Archer. So yeah, that yeah. It could be interesting as well. Um, Oakland A's they re-signed Mike Fires. I figured this was going to happen a long time, but it made too much sense for Fires to go back there. He's yeah. in line to be their fifth starter. The rotation actually looks pretty decent. Fires is one of those guys that tilts a lot of people, but in the end, he's been viable from time to time every season. So what's your thoughts on Fires going to the draft time? Yeah, I mean, the athletics are good. They're kind of like the Rays. I feel like they always get the best out of their pitchers. Um, for me personally, I'm probably not going to grab him just because you've got the low strikeout rate. You know, I mean, let's see, was it last year is 14%. Um, so he's not going to get you that. I know he's, he pitches for more so pitches for contact. Um, but the ground ball rate has been diminishing year after year for the past several years too. Um, and, and at this point in drafts, I feel like you're going for upside, you know, you're not going to go with someone who's going to put up a four or five ERA with a 5K per nine, you know, it just doesn't make sense. You'd rather go with someone who has upside that could get a lot of strikeouts and potentially break out like a younger guy. So um, he doesn't really make much sense for to me for, you know, fantasy-wise. Um, so, yeah, I mean. I'm looking forward to seeing you have him as your streamer like six times this year. It's gonna be uh, so he, He's going to fall yeah. to that category, pitching at home. Like he's going to have so many starts where it just it plugs out perfectly. Yeah, I, I can totally see that in the right, <laughs> you know, the right. Uh, I think I thought about him, or I maybe took him last year actually against. Uh, I'm looking at his game log quick. I think I took him against the Rangers, and yeah, he went six innings, zero earned, seven K. So there you go. Yeah, he he, he, <laughs> he, does, he does that once in a while just to get us excited, and then he realizes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the Rangers, they made an interesting signing. It's a guy, Mike Fultonevich, who many people have been hyped on in recent years, and then he just blew up this last year. The Braves just DFA'd him, didn't even give him a chance to go to the minors. Like, you're gone, see ya. And the Rangers just signed him, and right now they have him plugged into the five spot. We'll see. But, you know, like I said, it wasn't too long ago people liked the guy. Like Vlad Sedler, very smart fantasy guy. He's talked about things that are wrong between his ears and stuff. Do you have any hope in a Mike Fulton ever? He's going to sit back and watch the uh, the parade. I guess will take place. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a sit back and watch for me. Um, kind of like what you mentioned, they just straight up DFA'd him, and um, I feel like no one had interest in him for a reason. Like, there's something yeah. really wrong there. Who knows what it is? Um, these organizations are a lot smarter than any of us, so they probably know. Um, I do like the slider. I just think I don't know why he was throwing his. Um, he started throwing his sinker more, and I don't understand that. I think he needs to get rid of that pitch and uh, more so go with the four seam because the slider's been has never really. I mean, the sinker's never really been good. Um, so I mean, I'd like to see that from him before I really even contemplate him at all. But yeah, I mean, just them flat out dumping him it just is very worrisome, and I I feel like you know. Um, the Rangers probably are just grabbing him out of desperation and hoping maybe they could squeeze something out of him, but he's not someone I'm actively seeking. Yeah, I, I saw that move. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess if any team can do it, it's the Rangers because what do they have to lose right yeah, now? But exactly. it's like it's a scary situation that I'm probably in DFS can be like, yep, I'll take that team versus him, that team versus him. That's <laughs> gonna happen a lot. Yeah. Um, the the big move over the last recent recent weeks, obviously was Trevor Bauer. He um, you know, he went full LeBron, made a video, his coming out party, and he's going to the Dodgers. And as a Giants fan, that makes me very angry because the Dodgers keep spending money and money and money. They're the Yankees of the West. 
But yeah. um, it's it's a great landing spot. I can't knock that at all. What's your take on Bauer going to the Dodgers? And does this did he move anywhere in your rankings for you? No, he didn't move anywhere for me. Um, I mean, I'm a Mets fan, so the whole situation really sucked. Uh, <laughs> just the way he did it. I mean, he yeah. claims he came on Twitter saying that, like, apologizing, saying that it wasn't him. It was someone who ran the website. They they like did all all separate Merch. a couple of teams just in case, and it wasn't supposed to come out until he decided because he legitimately didn't know where he was going the day he signed. Uh, so like. I don't know. Um, you know, he. I'm kind of actually glad that he. I know this is terrible to say, but I'm kind of glad he didn't come to the Mets because it would be so Met like if we hired him and I mean signed him and then he like went back to a four year. Right? Like it. It just would happen to us, and it would make it a horrible signing for us. So, um, yeah. I mean, as a person, he's not the best for me. Um, but <laughs> in terms of fantasy, I think it's just a lateral movement. I mean, we knew it. I feel they're going to let him go. I, you know, just let him pitch however much he wants. I don't think they're going to hold him back. I mean, this does kill Dustin May and Gonsolin, though. So um, that's, you know, I'm not drafting yeah. them. <laughs> okay, that's, that's what I was going to ask next because I, I can't draft them. I've been off of May anyways. Like, I, I've always said he's great for, you know, Alex Fast to GIF and stuff, but – when it comes to – I got one guy that strike guys out and somehow he just doesn't do it. So it just makes it very difficult for me. But uh, Gonsolin was a, was a popular name in the fantasy community. So that's an interesting one. They still have yeah. Urias and Price back there. Do you see – do you see any way that – do you think – basically, do you think the Dodgers do what the Dodgers do best and all of a sudden get these phantom ILs and maybe Gonsolin is relevant still? Yeah, hundred percent. Or maybe they piggyback Gonsolin with someone else. Um, you know, maybe like if they want to give Rice uh, a little break and maybe hold him the four innings, maybe they'll pair Gonsolin with him or May. They could do so many different things. Um, I was talking with someone and they were worried about um, someone. Someone commented, "Oh, um, Justin Mason commented because I said something about Bueller and he's like, are really afraid of Bueller's innings? Like he went 180 innings in 2019." But I said. I was like, they have so much depth, more than 2019, and I just feel like why they they're going for a championship. They know they're going to make the playoffs. They want they want and need him in the playoffs. It makes nothing but sense for him and Kershaw to sit out a couple of starts here and there, or have a phantom IL here and there, just to rest them and make sure they're healthy. It just they have you know it's it's a it it just makes complete sense for them. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. When you spell it out that way. I sat back and think about it. Okay, so yes, they will make the playoffs. And if they make the World Series, that's probably like four to six more starts for Bueller. That and, and if he can just go, that's like maybe seven innings a start. So yeah. you start calculating that out, that's twenty eight to forty two innings that they're gonna want to try to save type thing. So yeah. it just it, it makes it interesting, like you said, it's it's an embarrassment of riches and it, when I start looking at the the tweets about the salary and everything, it's 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 annoying. But yeah, it's um, with over a hundred million dollars between three pitchers. Um <laughs> Let's go to the Angels, who uh, they just keep adding what most say are mediocre pitchers. But, hey, they're pros and I'm not. So um, they went and got Alex Cobb from the Baltimore Orioles. And it, Cobb's interesting because those are like pay attention to fantasy. He actually wasn't horrific recently. He's not the old like gas can we thought of. He's still not great. But going to Anaheim, do you have any uh, interest in a guy like Alex Cobb? Yeah, he's interesting. Um, kind of like you said, he's never been great, but he's never really been bad either. Um, he's got that great splitter. Uh, you know, the thing is, too, he has trouble staying healthy as well um, at times. But you know what it is? I think they really just grab him because they need someone to eat innings. They're going to go with that six man. You know, who the heck knows what happens with Otani? I know they're going to try and pitch him, but, um, you know, if he's hurt, they're going to need someone else, you know, um, someone there like a Cobb. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's age 33, though. No upside, really. Not someone I'm really looking at um, personally. I'd rather go upside. <laughs> so um, I probably won't look at him except maybe a DC or two. Yeah, he's going around pick 577, so it's not yeah. like you're having to spend a lot for him. <laughs> So, like, you look at the roster resource, not the end-all, be-all, but you have Heaney, Bundy, Quintana, Cobb, Canny, Otani's still there. We know Berea's close by. So there's options galore. You mentioned the six-man rotation. We know uh, the, the Padres have talked about it because your boy Lamette, um, or, I mean, Doug's boy Lamette. I apologize. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like, Seattle's talked about it. There's going to be a handful of teams that do it. 
these teams that mention six man rotations, how does that affect you going to the draft room? Because like we love Dylan Bundy, but now he's in a six man rotation. So what are we doing? Yeah, it's it's weird and tough. Um because there is a counterpoint to that, which is interesting and someone brought up to me. And I saw it in my own research too, because if it was a shorter season, so it might be a little different for a long season. But if you look at last year, the Mariners had a six-man rotation. But because of that, I felt like since their guys were, you know, had more rest, they were able to let them go deeper into games too. So it kind of counteracts that. And if you look at it, like I think Marco Gonzalez is up there in innings pitch last year. And that was because, yes, he, was pit- he wasn't he was pitching every five days, but um, because they were letting him go deep in the game. So I don't know if um, that's necessarily what the Angels will do, though. Um, I would say it hurts them slightly. Personally, I'd be a little afraid, especially because we haven't seen the Angels really do it. I know they've tried to, but then Otani was hurt, so it never really kind of uh, happened too much. But, um, yeah, it's it's a little worrisome. A little. I yeah, mean, no, you know, it, if, if you lose it, a couple it, starts because of that, it could hurt their value. Well, it's an interesting thing you mentioned because, um, say, I say they get the extra day rest, so they go seven or eight more often than not instead of five. Then you start doing that, and it's, it basically comes out to a couple extra starts almost, and it evens out. So it's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Quality innings over quantity, maybe, is a, yeah. another angle there. All right, let's talk Boston Red Sox. Last one here. They picked up Garrett Richards for a one year deal. A guy that everyone wants to have hope for, but then they also realize he can't stay healthy. So, um, what's your take on Gary Richards? Another guy who can get super late in drafts, and the Red Sox have no reason not to throw him as much as possible. Yeah, it's a uh, one year deal. Yeah, so they're going to let him just go. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. He's kind of like made of glass, uh, always injured. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look at him. He's pitched, let's say, real quick. Sorry. I mean, since 2016, he only has 198 innings. <laughs> so you're looking That's at five good. seasons, and he has 198 innings. I know one of them. I you know uh, he only had eight, but um, yeah, it, it's not great. Um, but he's good. I mean, when he's on the mound, he pitches well. He's got a good arsenal. Um, I think he's worth it. I mean, you're gonna get him for free, and if he just happens to put together that one season where he stays healthy and gives you, you know a four to high three ERA, it'll be well worth it. Yeah, it, it's an intriguing move. I uh, got guys like Eovaldi who can't stay healthy on that team, but I love him. So it's just mm-hmm. they have a lot of they have a lot of nice toys there, just toys that get broken. Pavetta. So it's Pavetta. <laughs> <laughs> they got Erod who I love, but who knows what condition he's in. Like, yeah. It's, it's an interesting situation there in Boston. Um Definitely. talking in, interesting situations, Eno Saris came out with an article this week. And I just wanted like there's so much more that applies to go into it, but like, like Max Fries has posted stuff and all these guys that can get into physics and everything way past my pay grade. But yeah. um, the, the dead end of the baseball. And A, I think it's funny because it basically admits that the ball was juiced, but they didn't say it was juiced. So they're having to deaden it, which is really yeah. funny. But um, <laughs> what's your takes on that? Because like we really don't know. You read the article and it was like you said 5% maybe. Right. How are you approach, How are you approaching that with your starting pitchers now? I mean, I'm trying not to take it too much into account. I feel like you can't. You just really don't know. Um, I mean, if if there is – if it does decre- decrease home runs by 5%, I mean, that helps fly ball pitchers who t- tend to let up home runs like a Matt Boyd, you know. Um, but I don't want to just gamble with it. Um I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll see if – which is crazy. I think I heard they're not even going to use it in spring training. Yeah, I heard. I think they're just going to start it in the regular season. Like, okay, that doesn't help us at all. Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not really. You know, maybe I'll move someone like a spot or two, but I'm not really going to put too much into it because we just we truly don't know. Who the heck knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we don't we won't know. know until we're halfway through the season. You know what I mean? Exactly. And then it'll be Captain Hindsight everywhere. Um, yeah. Well, the other the other thing I think was interesting in that article is there's going to be a few more teams putting humidors in. And, like, last year, last year it was, like, Boston, like, these random teams put them in. We didn't even know about it until halfway through the season. Mets. Oh. The Mets. It's like, what I want to know is, why don't they just put them in every stadium, but you could change the settings so that in the end they all equal out the same and we're playing with the same setup? But I don't know. It just, it's just uh, weird yeah. that it's, like, each year. We, <laughs> it's weird just, like, each year we just add a certain amount. So 
that's a pain. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, that'd be ideal. I just maybe it's impossible to do. Who the hell knows? Oh, with with these teams, it's very impossible to do. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see where that goes. But what uh, what we're going to talk about next is we're going to look at ADP in the top 150 from NFBC Draft Champions since January 12th. So it's a mouthful for people, but uh, that's what we're doing here. And we're going to compare pitchers that are going close together that uh, could be up for debate come draft time. And uh, I'm just going to get your thoughts on this because uh, we've done some drafts together. You've done a bunch of drafts already. Before we do that, per se, you've done draft champions. You're doing the NFBC 50s. You've done best balls. What's kind of the trends you're seeing pitching-wise that stood out to you? Oh, they're all getting pushed up. doesn't matter format. Yeah, yeah. it's um, – I mean, especially uh, we did a battle of the pods, and that was ins- that was insanity. There were so many pitchers off the board. Um, yeah, they- they're all getting pushed up. I mean, it's the right way to go about it because personally, when you look, you know, I keep saying to people when I look at the landscape, at least I feel like it makes sense to take pitching early because in the middle rounds it gets kind of crappy, and then um, you know you want to take hitters in those middle rounds because I feel like there's so much value there. And then later on, you could take some more pitchers. Um, so that's just how I'm approaching it personally. And I feel like a lot of people are trending that way as well. Yeah, it definitely is. kind of want to do one like NFBC 50 or something and just don't pick a pitcher for like five rounds and yeah, see what, happens, just, yeah, see what yeah. happens. Because because there are so many bats that just kind of keep dropping. But you look at the pitchers that are there like in round five and six, you're just like, oh, like this is yeah, not good. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's tough to stomach, but – Let's talk about some of these early pitchers that are getting pushed up, and most of them rightfully so. Um, we know the big three. Those are the big three. That's pretty simple. We'll start with the next two here. You got Lucas Giolito and you, Darvish. Giolito, round pick 15. Darvish, round pick 16. Now, Giolito, I think, could, could take that next step to being one of the big three type guys next year as he continues his pitch mix change. He just came out and said now he's working on his curveball again. Then you, you Darvish, who's been phenomenal, comes over to the Padres. He's older, though, so there's concerns there. How do you uh, go between Gilito and Darvish? So I know uh, I know Toby loves Darvish here, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm actually against them. I I prefer Gilito. I love the fastball changeup combination he has. It's just so elite. I mean, and the strikeout rate is insane. Um, his command is just there. He knows what he's doing. Knows how to handle his stuff. I just think he's in full control, and he's fought, and I think we're yet to see the best of him. Kind of like what you just said. And then as far as Darvish, um, you know. I think he's great, but the injury history is still there. Um, I know it's about a season now where he's been healthy, but I I still can't, you know, I can't just ignore that personally. Mm-hmm. And what worries me too is, um, you know, if you get injured, as if a pitcher gets even like a minor injury and they're trying to pitch through it, it could throw off mechanics. So what if he has a minor injury, tries to pitch through it, and then that walk rate comes back up and then he just goes back to a four-year pitcher? Um, I I just think there's too much risk where where he's going. I think he could have, again, another phenomenal season. His stuff is ridiculous, has the deepest arsenal in the league. Um, But I just think based on the ADP, he's just way too risky for me. I want to take – I want my first pitcher to be someone that's going to be completely healthy with minimal questions. Yeah, it's tough with Darvish. I absolutely love Darvish, but I echo, like, everything you said that concerns me with him. So that's why I take Giolito – I've like looked at, I think I even took Luis Castillo over him one time, which will make yeah. you happy. <laughs> um, like this isn't on the, the outline, but it, just quickly, if you had to come down to it, I know we talked about Bueller and potentially being lower ends. Would you still take Bueller over Darvish or would that be kind of a differentiating factor? Oh man, that's tough. Cause I'm not taking either of them. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would lean. Uh, I guess I would lean Bueller. Yeah, it's like it's like Darvish healthy gets more innings with Bueller. We know his his innings might be better. Like that's a tough one. Yeah, really and like <laughs> I know. And if it wasn't for the Dodgers, I mean, I love Bueller. I feel uh-huh. like I think he could be a top two pitcher. It's just yep. you know, it's just a matter of I'm afraid of them holding back. I hope they don't hold him back. I hope we see Bueller hit 200 innings, and then there's no question moving forward. I would love nothing more than that because I would take him every year. I'm with you because bef- after 2019, before COVID hit, we're doing preview shows last year. My one of my bold predictions was Bueller's going to win the Cy Young, and he'll be like the top one or two pitcher going into 2020 or 2021. Yeah. And then you know, obviously things happened. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he, he's he's so good. He's yeah. so good. It's it, yeah. And again, being a Giants fan is tough. I say it all the time. Like I hate the Dodgers, but like I respect Kershaw. 
how do you not like Bellinger? You have bets. Like, all these guys are fun to watch. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. But, I appreciate them. <laughs> it's, it just ruined, ruins it for me. But um, let's go to Max Scherzer, the ancient one with the back problems that um, when he pitches, is still elite, but he's got a lot of question marks going on pick 27. And you have Jack Flaherty coming off a year where I kind of just mark off the Cardinals as COVID just screwed the whole thing up. But we, you know, he still had his ups and downs. Um, he's going to pick 28. So I'm right next to each other here. Where do you go with Scherzer and Flaherty? Uh, I'm going to lean Flaherty here. Uh, and it's just because, um, you know, we all know Scherzer's uh, back issue. And plus now his age, um, he took a little step back when it came to creating, um, you know, whiffs outside the zone and create chasing, you know, hitters to chase. So that worries me. Um, I feel like we finally saw him step back a little bit, which isn't great. But it's funny, with Scherzer and the way he is and his mentality, I could also see him pushing one more Cy Young season out there. So it's tough. But I think he's more risky than Flaherty. Flaherty, I like. The sliders like is fantastic. Um, kind of like what you mentioned, I think COVID just absolutely you know ruined that entire team. Um and while I don't think Flaherty's fastballs is as good as it was in 2019, I don't think it's as bad as it was in 2020 either. So I think the fastball is going to improve, and I think we see a Jack Flaherty who puts up a sub-3 ERA. So personally, I'm taking him over Scherzer just because I think he's less risky. Yeah, you look at Flaherty through 40 innings last year. His K rates were still like they're better, the best K per nine he's had in his entire career. Locks were up a little bit, which could be just, you know, repetition or whatever you want to call it. The mess of what's going on. Babbitt was a little higher, a few more home runs per nine. Uh, left on base rate was a massive drop off. But like, I, like you both said, there's a lot to be concerned with. The fact the strikeouts are still there makes me like pretty optimistic that, that things were still looking good. And I could dig deeper, but I don't really – Feel like doing that on the podcast today because uh, <laughs> well, you're the starting pitcher expert. But yeah, and what, one more thing on him too, um, it which killed his numbers is he had that one bad start. He had yeah. three innings, nine earned runs. Take that away, and his ERA dropped dramatically. Yeah, the great bloom board that made so many of us go. I knew I was right. Amazing, on amazing. <laughs> like it just that was it all into perspective. He was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's such a good one. Um, and then he, but then he did the one where okay, well if you took away the one good start, here's what this guy did. Like, Okay, that yeah. makes sense, too. Um, yeah, let's talk about three guys that are going to be interesting because you have Blake Snell, pick 44, now in San Diego where he says he can throw as many as he wants. He, <laughs> he, he said it very nicely to, to Tampa Bay that he's, he's looking forward to playing for a team that lets him throw innings. Yeah. So you've got Blake Snell. You have Kent Maeda coming off an amazing season. But the way I look at Maeda, he's still a very good pitcher, but he ran pure, like really pure. He's at pick 45. Then you have Glass now who I just stay away from because the stuff's elite – but until he gets control, I'm terrified of him. I pick 47. So you have these three guys. How do you break them down? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I had to take one of them, this was the hardest one for me. I, I really <laughs> struggled with this one big time. Um, I'm going to lean Snell, although I'm not drafting any of them. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I, I just am putting everyone away. Um I'm just going with Snell because, I mean, he's so good. His stuff's amazing. The curveball is ridiculous. He has the best north to south approach there is. Uh, he, you know, we got the – the problem is we have some worries with the elbow the third time through the lineup, although I, I think we're blowing that a little bit out of proportion personally. Um, so uh, skill-wise, I think Snell is the best, and I think that's why I'm, I would lean towards, towards him. Um, I do like Maeda. There are some things I saw that were a little that worried me a little bit. Like I've mentioned in the past, uh, he leaves his slider over the zone a ridiculous amount more than anybody. I'm afraid that's going to catch up to him, and we did see it catch up to him in the second month a little bit, based on um, I think it was Wobicon. So plus we haven't seen him do a full entire season, um, so it's a little worrisome. And then Glass now, two pitch pitcher, threw his fastball down the middle more than ever. Hitters were just sitting on the curveball. They were, you know, just waiting to hit the fastball. Um, he's going to have those games where he gets you a ridiculous amount of strikeouts, but I'm afraid he is a four ERA pitcher. And um, until he brings in a third pitch and can prove that, you know, he could throw it, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm staying away from him. So I'm going to lean, lean Snell just based off skill set. Yeah, a few things here is I am 100% with you on Glass now. It's like you watch his stuff, and it's great, but the way he uses his stuff is very tilting. 
And um, I broke it. Like I broke the percentages down in an article for Rotoballer a while back. And you've obviously done work looking into it as well. And like you said, that fastball, the way he uses it is just so annoying. And the curveball, if it's off a little bit, he's walking everybody. So yeah. it's just, it, it's like he bounces it up there. So his pitch count goes through the roof so fast, it's hard for him to get five, six innings most starts. So mm-hmm. that's very difficult. My I said runs pure. It's not that he's a bad pitcher, but A, like you said, it kind of the second month you started seeing things get a little difficult. So how's the full yeah. season go? And he has maximized pitch count like so perfectly. That's hard to continue for a whole full six months. Um, so there's my concern there. And Snell is interesting. Just looking at the, the ADP right here, he's gone as low as 57. And I said his ADP is 44. As low as 57, as high as 19 in the oh last month. So people, like, they either love him or they're just like, <laughs> I'm out. So there's why I, I probably won't own any, any of these guys. But one thing I just want to ask you for fun here, since you yeah. mentioned Glass now, and the ADP is way different on these two. I'll have to look, but two-pitch pitcher really needs that third pitch. Um, I got to scroll. There he is. Chris Paddock. Pick 106 is a guy I was off of last year. I'm still off of him until I see that third pitch. Mm-hmm. Do you see, like, are they really similar to you, or is Glass now still above Paddock? Would you rather take a chance on Paddock at 106? Like, how do you look at those two together? I mean, if I had to pick the two be- and based off their ADP, I'd rather Paddock, but I don't think they're on the same level. I think Glass now's fastball is much better um, because, you know, he's got that long extension and throw you know even though he throws it hard it's the perceived velocity is even higher so um you know the while he only has two pitches and yeah he's got to work on the command those two pitches i think are extraordinary so um i i'd rather glass now uh if you're like looking at them in a vacuum but based on adp i'd rather paddock okay yeah no this uh, yeah i'm with you glass now is the better pitcher just on just looking at paper and everything but the similarities kind of scare me like last year they're probably i'd have to go back and look they're probably getting drafted around the same time last year because they, they felt like yeah. the same pitcher almost yeah but, they were uh, we saw we saw some drop-offs with Pettick this last <laughs> um just a little this next this next one's entertaining to me because yes like steady eddie carlos carrasco pick 56 you know what you're gonna get from him pretty much then you got the, the new toy shiny new toy and corbin burns and pick 59 <laughs> And we know there's ending concerns with Corbin Burns. We know how electric he can be, but there's really should not be any concern with Carrasco. And he goes to the National League. What's your thoughts on these two? Yeah, I'm leaning Carrasco here. You know, um, I, I think this was a good landing spot for him because the Mets do like to let their pitchers uh, go deep into games as well. So I think the innings are going to be there as long as he stays healthy, which, you know, is a big if for basically every pitcher. Um, and Carrasco's always been great when he's on the mound. He's he can pitch, and we all know that. So it's a no brainer for me. And that's just because do we see Corbin Burns go over 120 innings? I mean, likely not. And um, that's that's scary, especially where he's going. You need someone who's going to give you innings. Uh, the strikeout rate is great, but the walk rate is still high as well. So, um, you know. You, we got to see if that low home run per nine sticks because that'll be really important for him. Because if it doesn't, then his ERA is definitely going to fluctuate. Um, so, you know, there. while I think Burns is a phenomenal pitcher, it's just the, the innings, you know, you can't you can't take someone that early. He's only going to go 120 innings. Yeah, I'm glad you said it because I'm echoing that, but, you know, you are the pitcher guy <laughs> compared to me. So I'm glad someone else put it out there. It just – I can't I can't wrap my head around – People that are in love with that pick, I, I just can't. Yeah, at any, any level, because like, and the thing is, like you said, is we're not arguing that he's not a good pitcher. <laughs> it's just yeah. what you're getting at that point in the draft is pretty complicated to uh, to put out there. So I'm with you on Carrasco. I, I love Cookie. It's a great yeah. spot. Gonna throw any in strikeouts are there. Like he checks all the boxes. I'm a big. I'm actually surprised he's. I, I figured he'd be moving up more by now, but he just kind of hanging around. So cool it's with that. Very good for us. Um, the next one's fun for me because you have Jose Barrios at 81. You have Kyle Hendricks at 82. Uh, people see Kyle Hendricks, the professor, the kind of nerdy white guy, and they're like, you know what? He's boring. But then you see Jose Barrios, and they're like, ah, oh, well, he doesn't strike any guys out. You look at their stats, and they're almost the same pitcher. Like, they, they're very close. So how do you differentiate between these two? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it's it's just track record. Uh, I got to lean Hendricks here. He's just ri- <laughs> ridiculously consistent. I mean, 
since he's come in the league in 2014, his worst ERA ever was a 3.95. That was the worst ever. And it's pretty good. Besides that, his second highest was 3.44. That's insane. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of like, I know Alex Fast released his uh, top 100 pitchers, and I think he has Hendricks at like 20. And I'm like him. I have Hendricks so high because you know you're going to get the innings in a season where you have no idea what the hell is going to happen with most of these pitchers. Um, you know you're going to get the elite ratios. You can make up for the strikeouts later. Um, so it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's the most consistent pitcher out there. He's really crafty. He has really good tunneling ability. You know, provides a lot of deception with his pitches. And Brios is fine. I think he gives you a solid floor as well. Um, I just... I think Hendricks is more of a sure thing than him, but otherwise they're very similar. And I think some people are still hoping that Barrios goes to another level. And I'm not quite sure he's ever going to get there because um, his breaking ball is amazing, but it can be a little inconsistent at times. And he's always kind of uh, struggle with that. So I don't think he's ever going to personally, I don't see him ever taking another step um, from where he is, but they both have really solid floors. I just prefer Hendricks. Yeah, and that's why I kind of think similar is they're both solid floors. And the thing with Barrios that people don't pay attention to is he throws just as many innings almost, like pretty close. Like he's just an yeah. innings eater, and he yep. accumulates, and that's what he does. I, I'm not – I know what you're talking about, the people that are hoping he takes that next step because when he was in AAA, before he came up, he had the nasty stuff. He's striking guys out. Next big thing, it's never panned out. Yeah. But um, I do believe there's a little bit there. I'm not thinking big step, but a little bit because the velo ticked up a little bit last year. And that was interesting. But I think you've talked about it with some others. Was that because it's a shortened season? They could do yeah. this. Like, what was the reasoning behind that? That'll be the, the, to be determined. Yeah. But um, I'm with you on Hendricks. I think it's very interesting. I didn't even, I don't know why, I haven't I didn't notice it as, as well as you said, it, the ERA thing. That's insane. So that's the consistency <laughs> yeah. you love. Um, but that's why I have both those guys ranked up high in my rankings. Like, I don't know if I'm 20th, but I'm close with Hendricks and Barrios, like right behind them for me because mm-hmm. I just, in a, in, a, in a year where we're curious on innings, I trust those two are going to go until they're done type thing. Definitely. So I'm pretty confident in that. And that's a big, especially if you go, you know, two aces early or something, but one's kind of a volatile ace potentially, a Hendricks or a Barrios is huge. So yeah. Like or if you're, a, if you're a Burns lover and absolutely yes. have to have them, then you have to have one of these guys. Have to. 100%. 100%. Um, this next one's very intriguing to me. Three players, a couple of young guys, and then uh, Mr. Bundy, who everyone will, well, a lot of people are big fans of. But you got Jesus Lazardo at 94, and the A's are saying he's pretty much good to go. And I'm still not 100% on board with that, but they're saying that. Uh, you got Ian Anderson at 97, phenomenal season last year, ended it really well. I'm still not completely sold. And then you have Dylan Bundy at pick 100. So they're all going about three picks apart from each other. We saw what Bundy did last year. How do you go about these three guys? Yeah, um, I think you have to go with Bundy for this uh, upcoming season. You know, he made the picks mix change that we all wanted. He went slider heavy, lowered that horrible fastball. And um, the only slight worry with him is the decrease in velocity, which, um, you know, if that keeps trending, it it might make his fastball even worse if that's possible. Um but I think this season you got to go with him just because, like we mentioned with Corbin Burns, Lazardo, you have no idea how many innings you're going to get out of him. You're probably figuring 120 to 130. Um, but, I mean, skill set-wise, Lazardo blows the other two away, in my opinion. I think his stuff is insane. So much movement on all his pitches. It's just a matter of him getting the reps and getting in there. So I think 2022 he's going to be phenomenal, Lazardo. But for this upcoming season, I'd rather Bundy. I'm just like you with Ian Anderson. Um, I think he's good. I think he's really good at inducing weak contact and, you know, what he tries to do. I don't think that changeup is as good as it was uh, last year. So um, I think the strikeouts come down a little bit. I think he probably settles in the mid-three range. Um, and then him too, I mean, is he gonna, how long is he going to be in AAA? Who the hell knows? Yeah, Anderson's a tough one for me because even last year, if he had a bad start, it was really bad. It wasn't like a, a you know, a, a – six inning four earned where it's a quality start close type thing mm-hmm. he, he got blown up and that was, <laughs> wasn't good um for jesus Cesardo, and I, his stuff is ridiculous uh, i've said it i've said it a long time i saw him in one of his stockton starts when he came to san jose and you, you could see it then the kid was just ridiculous um how many innings would you need to be willing to take him at this point um where is he going he's going around pick 94 
I mean, I would need at least 150, 160. Okay, because like you know, projection sites vary. We we don't want to get into that discussion. That's been a fun one, but um, <laughs> they're like they all of them pretty much roundabout way have them around 150. So if you okay. if you have them at 150, but or if he got to 150 by the end of the season, would you be happy with that pick? Um. <laughs> yes, I I would as long as he performs. But yeah, I I um I would be okay with it. I just I better have other pitchers that are, I know are going to go deep. You know? better have drafted Kyle Hendricks the round before. Yeah, I just don't see it because I mean he's only gone. I'm looking right now, like the most he's gone is mm-hmm. what ninety innings. Well, there's yeah. no way he jumps from ninety to one fifty. I, I just this don't is like see it happening when he's the future of their staff. Why? Why risk it? And, you know, maybe the A's make a playoff run. Well, you want them in the playoffs, so they're going to baby the season even more. It's just I, I'm with you. That's what I I, I've, I'm, I can count. And I've, I've done the same thing where I see the innings he's thrown, and I'm like, you know, he's been injured so much and everything else. Why are you pushing this? Like, give him 120 maybe, and let's go to 2022 and see what's up. Like, That's I don't see probably what will happen, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm confused. I think even Scott Jen is a diehard A's fan. He's kind of in. In our boat as well. Like they're not yeah. doing that. No. Um, all right, Lance McCullers Jr. The dude can flip a curveball. There's no, con- there's no confusing that at all. But um, innings can be a concern this year. He's at pick one seventeen. You have Pablo Lopez, who is going at pick one seventeen and a half, basically. You have Kevin Gosman at about one eighteen. You have Charlie Morton at one nineteen. And you have Joe Musgrove at 120. So I know it's five pitchers, but they're all pretty close, and they all have different little intricacies about them. Yeah. So, and like, you know, the Gossman, Musgrove, Helium through the roof. Charlie Morton's like old and steady, but there's always injury concerns. Pablo Lopez, lots of fun. I know you're a fan. McCullers, I think, has a, a tremendous ceiling, just how far to go. So what do you do in this range, like, when you look at these five? Yeah, uh, this is a great group. Um like you said, McCullough's curveball is insane, but I'm worried about the injuries. And plus, when he pitches, he tends to be erratic too. Mm-hmm. So I'm not fully sold on him. I'd like to see a full season from him to see what we really got and see if he could stay healthy. Um, Gosman is interesting to me. I think the jump in velocity could be legit, um, but the splitter – scares me i mean you know if i've learned anything from listening to nick pollock it's that splitters are extremely erratic and they don't typically perform for an entire season so um i don't know how long gosman can you know be successful with a splitter basically his main pitch um i think he's gonna have great months and i think he's gonna have months where he struggles with command so uh, he he's a little worrisome to me. Um, Pablo Lopez, I love. He's my boy. Uh, I think the changeup is elite. The four seam sinker combo is great. Tunnels really well. Has that what looks like that uh, seam shifted weight to it. Plus he's got the high ground ball rate with the high K rate, which I love in my pitchers. Um, Morton, yeah, kind of like what you said. Injury besides 2019, he's only put up over 160 innings twice in his entire career. So you're not really going to get innings there. I feel like I'd rather take upside around him. Um, and then Musgrove, I mean, we all love Musgrove. <laughs> he just hasn't done it yet for a full season. It looked like yeah. he was doing it last year, though. Um, he started going to his breaking pitches more, which we really wanted from him. So I feel like he's heading that way. This is the last season for me, though. If he doesn't do it, I, I'm never looking at Musgrove again in my entire life. Famous last words. Famous yeah, last I, words. I mean, if I had to pick any of them and I'm drafting, I'm probably leaving. I'm probably leaning Lopez. I'd probably go Lopez. People are going to hate me for this. Lopez, Musgrove, Gosman, Morton, McCullers. Yeah, it's it's. You're, I bet you I could ask a dozen people, and we get maybe five different. Like we probably have every different scenario yeah, on the board. A lot of um, people love Gosman. A lot of people love him. And and you said what like I'm a Giants fan like I said and I've loved everything he's done and I'm not drafting him at this point and mm-hmm. I've I've said it the same stuff you've mentioned but also if I just want to keep it simple he's a two pitch pitcher what have we said about two pitch pitchers like yeah we we've seen it with Gosman if the splitter's not working that fastball is very hittable I don't care how how much velocity he gained he's gonna get hit so it, it's terrifying I hope he does well I really do I'm just not taking him at that point. 
But uh, mm-hmm. usually I would have split this group up, but they're, it's just kind of fun having them all together. Like I love yeah. McCullers, but he terrifies me, just terrifies me. How so, uh, how happy yeah. are you as a Giants fan? By the way, it looks like they like know what they're doing with pitchers nowadays. I mean, yeah. with him smiling, you think they're gonna think they'll revive uh, Wood and Scalfani this year? What are you feeling? Oh, I've been I've, I've been drafting Scalfani everywhere. So I think, everywhere, <laughs> I think. Well, because in the deep drafts where you can take him because he's basically yeah. three. But you know, I want him in draft and holds. I'll start him at home if I have to, if, if not more often, because I believe it, you could see a Gossman type thing. Not maybe not to that level, obviously, but. I could definitely see him being a maybe low four ERA guy yeah. that's very formidable. Um, <laughs> Wood I like just can Wood stay healthy? That's yeah, right. Always right. Wood, that's always Wood's question. But I, I like the Tiscafani thing a lot. I, I love what the Giants are doing ever since they got yeah, Farhan it's there. Interesting. Yeah, hashtag and Farhan we trust. That's what I keep saying. Do, <laughs> there you keep go. doing your thing. He he built the Dodgers. That's what I keep telling myself. Just keep keep trusting him. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. So Disco will be. A very roster rostered guy in my world, which yeah. could be good or bad. Could be good or bad. We'll see. Um, the last one we have here has two more fish on it. That's for you, uh, Rob Silver. Two more fish. Um, <laughs> we go with Sandy Alcantara at pick one thirty-seven. You have Patrick Corbin at one thirty-nine, and Sixto Sanchez at one forty. So you mentioned Pablo Lopez earlier. Then you got his other teammates here that are good and bad in their own rights. You have Patrick Corbin, who used to be like a top. You know, thirty pick, forty pick. We know what's happened there. So, how do you break down these three? Yeah, um, I like Alcantara. I mean, or Alcantara. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, Again, he put up 190 innings in 2019. Uh, He went to the power sink more last year, which we love. So, I think he's doing the right things, trending the right way. Can get you a ton of innings, which is great. Corbin's tough for me. I I can buy into it, but I have to see what he does in the um, in spring training because what happened was is obviously his uh, fastball dipped in velocity like big time. But if you look at his other seasons, he has started. He is has been a slow starter. So like it takes him a little longer than others to get his velocity to where it needs to be. But the problem is, is last year it was lower than it ever has been. So I want to see if his velocity is back towards 90 um, in spring training. Then I could think. Then I would think maybe um, we could see another good season from Corbin because the slider is great. It's too good. Um, and if he if if that fastball gets back to the velocity where it needs to be, it could be decent enough where he can have another great season. So for him, it's a. Uh, sit and watch what I see in spring training. Maybe I see what he does in the beginning of the year. If he's struggling, but the velocity is up, maybe I try and buy low a little bit. He's a little tough. Uh, six though, uh, you know, great stuff, great change up. The strikeouts didn't really come, which was interesting. Um, but again, another one, he, he's going to start in triple a, who knows when he comes up, who knows how many innings he gets. So, um, you know, we've obviously been stressing innings a lot, and it's just because with these young guys, it's going to be tough. And the word around the league is that young pitchers, these organizations are going to baby this year, and those older uh, veteran types, they're just going to let them go out there and pitch as much as they can. So it's more beneficial to get these guys who are going further into games and who are going to put up a lot of innings because you're going to get those counting stats, which are extremely important. So um, in this grouping, you know, let's assume Corbin doesn't really pick up the velocity. I'd be going with Alcantara. Yeah, I'm with you on Alcantara. And I want to dig deeper on him. But the comparison I made that people might think I'm crazy for is he could be the next Kyle Hendricks to me. I don't know. That might be going too far, but a guy's going to eat a ton of innings. Similar strikeout rates, ratios, maybe not as good ERA-wise, but I, I think he's, a, he's 25 years old, so I think there's some interesting facets there. We'll see. Could be really Yeah, about I just end, think – no, no, um, I can see it. I just don't think he has, obviously, his deep arsenal. <laughs> yeah, definitely, um, definitely not that. Yeah, so I think that's the line. Where I think he would need the slider to take a step forward for him to, to kind of be – that type of pitcher who can be solid year in and year out, you know? And then I like to take on Corbin because he's a guy that I see in drafts and I get kind of like torn. Cause uh, even too. when, even, <laughs> even when he wasn't, well, even when he wasn't great, he still threw a ton of innings and got strikeouts Yeah, and you're sitting there going, Hmm, 
but last year was ugly. Like there's no nice way to put it. It it was, it was bad. So it's like, but he's fallen so far. It's one of those, that's one of those pits you can look at and go, okay, if this clicks, well, we just got like a a gold mine at this point. Yeah. Which, you know, you, you know, you go through the rounds and there's always guys you kind of think for the upside, well, his upside's like huge. (laughs) And so it's, it's kind of, that's the guy where if he clicks, he can help you win an overall. Exactly. Bingo. And that's where it gets kind of like, Hmm. What do I want to do today? So tempting. <laughs> yes, very, very tempting. But uh, we got a couple listener questions here for you. Um, I believe it's one listener question. And we'll start with uh, it's <laughs> at Rob Wedig, RW. Who is your favorite all or nothing picks? Could finish top 50 or outside the top 200. We'll stick it to pitchers, obviously. But do you have a guy that you're thinking, like, you know, he's maybe going between one and 200, it's got top 50 upside? Who's, who's a guy you got targeted there? Um, I, the first one that popped into my head is going really late and, um, I don't know about maybe top 50 pitcher. I don't know about overall. Um, but that's Kikuchi Mm -hmm. and that's just because the stuff is actually legitimately elite. It's just the command. I don't know what he could do to get it better. Um, but I think if somehow he improves his command and they figure it out over there, I think he could explode. I think he could be a over 30% strikeout rate pitcher and could put up a mid to low three year, right? Potentially. Um, I think he's just one. He's one of those pitchers to me that is just so very close that if he just does one right thing, um, albeit it's kind of a big ass because I mean, command is not, you know, easier mm-hmm. said than done. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think he's one late guy who could jump. If you want to go like a mid tier guy, he's someone that I've been talking about so much this year, and that's Aaron Savale. I think he just, mm-hmm. um, if he could command a sinker a little better, he's right there with the cutter um, and maybe just rely on the breaking balls a little more, which is what the Indians do. I mean, you know, Savale is going to go deep into games. You know, he could easily put up 200 innings because of them. Well, 180 to 200. And, um, you know, they're going to tell him to start throwing the breaking balls even more. And I think that could, you know, he could be this year's Plezak. You know, he was essentially that for a month. Um, but then he kind of faltered a little bit. And I think that was because of the command issue. So, um, you know, I think uh, I think he's very close as well. You said, you said the magic word there. Uh, um, <laughs> what well, we're there? No, we, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> you, you're you're the Mets guy. You're one of the Mets guys, and yes. I, I've, I've slowly learned over the years. There's a lot of Mets guys. Like at first, car, at first Twitter was like Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. But um, there's a lot of Mets guys. It seems you bring Stroman back. You get Carrasco. You get Lindor. There's been a bunch of moves for you guys. Actually, Trevor May is a sneaky bullpen acquisition. Yep. What do you what are you thinking? What are your hopes? You're like um, you know, Pacola loves you guys. So what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I thought our offense was great last year. It was really just pitching depth that we needed and a little bullpen help. We got the little bullpen help. Um I still don't know. I'm still a little afraid of our pitching depth. Um it's so risky. You know, um Stroman's coming off not pitching a year. Carrasco still has, you know, injury risk to him. DeGrom has a little bit of injury risk to him now. Even if Syndergaard's back, you don't know what kind of Syndergaard you're going to get. Um, and then after that, it's like, who are we going to go to? Yamamoto? He's not good. Um, I mean, it sounds like Lucchese's going to be in the rotation. That's not great. Pulling Lugo out of the bullpen didn't really help last year. So I'm just... It's. I feel like they're going to be hit or miss again, and I feel like if we get hit with a slew of injuries in the rotation, we're just going to have the same season all over again, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know if this is just be me being pessimistic, which it very well could be, um, because you know, while we have a new owner and everything's very exciting, and we think that we're not going to be the same Mets, I still need to see us not be the same Mets. You know, yeah. I need to see us succeed and things actually work out for once. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for playoffs. Obviously I, I think we are definitely a playoff team. It's just a matter of things kind of, uh, going the right way for us. Well, Hey, you signed Johnny VR. So things are going, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, well, what, if you had it your way and cause you're got your, your new ownership, like you said, they'll spend money. Do you want to see him make a trade? Cause you got some extra bats. Do you want like, is there a pitcher out? Like, what do you yeah. think they need to do? I don't even know. Um, I, I don't know what kind of pitcher they could get. 
I mean, it sounds like they hate JD Davis for some reason. I know, it's crazy. It's, it's like they crazy. just want to get rid of him. Um, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure if we get that feeling, all other teams do. So like, they'll probably, you know, um, they won't be, you know, they'll probably make it tough for the Mets to deal him. I I don't even know. I want to say Sonny Gray, but the problem is uh, he didn't do so well in New York. <laughs> yeah, he was he was not um, a big fan of that city. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I would like one more depth piece. I don't know if you could trade JD in like you know some kind of minor league or something to grab maybe a veteran. I would have liked a veteran pitcher. I would you know I would have. Honestly, sign Odorizzi. That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, like J.A. Happ would have been a good one, I think. Like yeah, people hate, yeah. People hate J.A. Happ, but he's awesome. Like, yeah, minor, I mean, I'm, I'm a J.A. Happ hater, but he wouldn't make sense for this team because yeah. he's that vet who can give you innings, um, you yeah. know, should stay healthy, and that that's what we need right now. So, I mean, I, I really hope at least they sign Odorizzi. Um, but, I mean, if they could trade for some a pitcher who's actually, like, better than average, that'd be nice, too. Okay, so I think it's, I think this is my last question, but it, just new ones keep popping up as we talk. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so I know you're. Everyone knows you are the Luis Castillo man. That's why the gift was yeah. in the, the tweet. Like it was. That's your guy, and I, I love him as well. There's a very good chance that either Gray or Castillo, maybe both. I doubt it, but one of the two is traded before the season starts. Hmm. Where, where besides like say Colorado, would make you get really worried about your Castillo shares? I don't think anywhere. Okay. That's called Colorado. confidence, folks. That because, is called confidence. Because you know what it is? Uh, yeah, this skill set's insane to me. Um, but he can't go to a much worse defense than what he has right now. <laughs> or ballpark, maybe. So, <laughs> I <true>. mean, yeah. <laughs> and I just um, – I it does worry me with him. I have him as my fourth pitch uh, pitcher on my rankings, uh, but that's my only worry. It, it hurt him last year, and I'm afraid it's going to hold him back again because – He's a ground ball pitcher, so Sonny Gray and that defense behind him is pretty brutal. Really bad. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, hopefully I, – I remember I commented on someone. I was like, it won't matter when he pitches 32 perfect games. So, um, <laughs> But, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, maybe he'll just have an immaculate inning, at one inning after the other, and that won't even matter. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. If he can just control the walks, like – I've said it on this show. I think that's by design, though. You know what I mean? Uh, like, if you because he look doesn't at want all, him to hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the Reds, well, not only that. I mean, if you look at the Reds pitching staff, they all do that. Malley's starting to go that way. Mm-hmm. Sonny Gray pitches that way. They don't give a shit. They walk. I don't care. I want you to chase my my pitches, and eventually sure. you will. And if you don't, the next guy will. So I'd rather walk you than throw it down the middle just to get a strike and you hit a home run off me. That's what they all seem to be doing, and I freaking love that approach. <laughs> well, it's great for fantasy um, <laughs> yeah, because you get all those strikeouts. But it, you could be 100% correct because I, I, I'll never forget it. It was going to be 2019 now. When he was in San Francisco, I was watching the game at home, and I think he only went like six innings because his pitch count went through the roof. But he struck out like 14 Giants. And just watching that change-up dance and just everything he was yeah. doing, he walked like seven guys – but they were painting, so he was just missing. But he was just throwing changeups in the dirt, and they were chasing, looking foolish, and yeah. like it was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just there going, oh my goodness, my favorite. <laughs> so that's where I fell in love with him. I was like, yeah, I, I understand everything Michael's saying. I understand it all because it's <laughs> it's ridiculous when he's talent when he's on. Yeah, but oh, yeah. but uh, we'll wrap it up with that. It's always fun chatting with you. So uh, why don't you plug away your uh, draft kit and everything else going on? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, Bubba. Um, you could check uh, our website out, spstreamer.com. Um, our draft kit, which is now out, is on there in the shop. As I mentioned earlier, we do have a podcast uh, called SP Streamer Podcast with my wonderful co-host, Doug Ishikawa. You can follow on Twitter at Coaching Nish. I always try and shout him out because he needs more followers. Yes, and um, yeah, and we're starting to put some content out. Uh, you could also see I, I once a week about I write on fan graphs as well. Um, so yeah, we have a lot going on. And a lot of good stuff going on, and I cannot wait for this freaking season to start. <laughs> yeah, looks like you know you see all the, the the trucks are leaving town, so it's 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 happening, and all the tweets are coming out. But uh, yeah, very true on Doug. Doug is uh, one of the best. Like I, I told him on your guys' show, and I tell him a lot. His intros, some of the best mm-hmm. in the game. Like you just can't. Not even that. It. I think even his transitions are yeah, even, like a little. He's a pro. So he just he. 
he does more work for podcasts than I do. I mean, he's I come in there prepared, but this guy writes. You got to see what he prepare. How he writes a novel to prepare. It's insane. <laughs> I, be- I it believe works. it. So it works. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Amazing. Yeah. And then I want to give you a shout out also because you said there's more and more content on your site. You're giving a lot of people chances that are putting out some awesome stuff. So it's uh, it's good to see a lot of those new names that are going out there. So I, every time every time Michael tweets one of them, if I don't follow him, I follow him then because. Uh, so you guys should be checking that out because there's a lot of good people over there. Yeah, I have to say it's mind blowing the people that are out there that just haven't you know stepped into it yet because I mean these guys, some of these guys I'm bringing on, I, I, they're better. I think they're better than me, and it's just like <laughs> I don't understand where where are you coming from? How are you not writing? Um, I mean, one person that I hired, he didn't even have Twitter. He he saw me on Reddit. <laughs> applied his stuff is great i hired him i was like you have to make a twitter because um you know sometimes people will comment you gotta kind of like correspond with them and uh so it's just funny that people come from nowhere but it's good i mean you know you if you um really want to do it and if you're into it and um you know this community is amazing because everyone likes to give people chances and highlight them and um just grow you know, all together. So, um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. That kind of stuff. Yep. Pretty cool to see. So everybody check out Michael again on Twitter at SP streamer, which you should already know by now and, uh, check out the draft kit and I will tweet out, we will do a giveaway. So I'll tweet out something when this show comes out. So come check that out. But, uh, Michael, thanks for joining me once again. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Always. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba episode 339 with SP streamer himself. Catch you guys later.